You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. And welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. and is heard exclusively here on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we want to thank you and encourage you to listen, to listen to the show live during our broadcast times. In the last 30 days, we've had 7,814 downloads of our various podcasts of our radio program, and for that, I'd like to say thank you to our listening audience. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, Smart Business Magazine, and Smart Stop Self-Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better decisions. If you'd like to join in on the conversation because today you are listening to us live, then the way to do that is to find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website. Log in with your Twitter handle. This will bring you to our nerve center. The gentleman on the other side of the glass for me today is our engineer, Paul Roberts, and he might be able to bring your thoughts and ideas and questions to my attention for my guests. Our first guest today is Steve Russell, President and CEO of Mars Air Systems. Steve, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. Hi, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your background, Steve. Kind of what we say here on the radio program is your path to Mars Air Systems. What did you do before the firm? Sure, great. Um, I'm a mechanical engineer by degree, University of Michigan. Uh, found my way to California and was actually working for a company um, where we were involved in acquisitions. And at that time, Mars Air Systems was a company that would have fit the profile of uh, uh, the company that I was working for at that time, long story short, ended up developing a personal relationship with the owner of Mars at the time, a uh, privately held company, and uh, one thing led to another, but ultimately went to work for him as an employee and then actually acquired the company from him about five, six years ago. So my uh, the eyes on my engineer lit up when you said Michigan, you, because he is from the great state of Michigan. Go and, blue. Yes, go blue. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk about the firm. Tell the, li- the listening audience, maybe some of which who aren't familiar with Mars Air Systems, what is it that the firm does? And from your perspective and your client's perspective, what makes you different than others in your field? Absolutely. Mars Air Systems, in as much as uh, you may not know the name, you definitely know our product. We make an air curtain. We're a manufacturer of air curtains. And you have experienced them. Whenever you've walked through a door opening um, at a convenience store, a restaurant, casino in Las Vegas, and you feel the air that blows on you as you walk into the building, that's an air curtain. What we do is we keep the temperature inside the building separated from the temperature outside the building. So we're saving on air conditioning loss or heated air loss. And at the same time, the, the air barrier creates an environmental separation uh, in other words, it keeps the dirty stuff outside and the clean stuff inside. So that's that's what our products uh, that's what our products are. That's how they work. Uh, benefit to customers. Uh, it's all about saving energy on uh, utility cost to heat and cool the building, making it comfortable for employees or uh, or patrons um, 
to work or shop within. And you know, at the same time, we're kind of uh, giving back. It's one of our values at the company. We give back to the earth by uh, reducing that carbon footprint and the consumption of natural resources that would be required in the heating and cooling um, of buildings. So tell us a little bit about your um, footprint, your facilities, where you're located. We, uh, we're in the South Bay Area of California, Gardena, California. That's uh, our sole facility. We manufacture um, all of our operations, sales, marketing, engineering, accounting. Everything happens um, in the Gardena facility, uh, 100,000-square-foot facility, uh, about 65 employees, and we ship product on a global scale. So not only do we have uh, a good customer base here in the United States, we also have uh, customers throughout the world. And I want to ask you about that in a little bit. A little later in the interview, we're going to talk about your growth strategies and exporting to countries outside the U.S. But before we get there, Steve, I wonder if you could reflect on and then share with our audience, of all the things you've learned over your career, what's your guiding principle for how you're leading and growing Mars Air Systems? You know, I would say, Rick, that's a good question, first off, because in as much as I would say there's maybe two or three things that populate uh, top of mind, you know, to me it comes down to really one driving principle. It's, it's how we treat our people. It's the culture, the swag that we create internally, because that's what um, comes out in terms of how then our employees deal with our customers, our, our frontline sales reps, and then how they are perceived in dealing with customers. And, you know, so at the end of the day, it's, it's a very simple philosophy People want to do business with people that they like doing business with. And once you find a way to kind of bridge um, your technical capabilities and competencies, you know, with a little bit of uh, a fun in the day, uh, that creates a pretty good dynamic. And that, that's a dynamic that's hard for someone to take away from you. Someone could take away or copy your product. Someone could maybe say, well, maybe ours looks a little better or performs a little better. But it's hard to take away your DNA, your culture, your drive, what, what makes you uniquely different from someone else. That's hard to take away. Steve, when did you come up with this formula? Uh, when, when did this become your focus? Did you bring this with you to Mars? Is this something that developed organically out of your leadership at the company? How, give me a little background on that. Uh, yeah, again, a great question because it's one that I would say it was it was more through organic growth. Um, company celebrated its 50th year in business last year, and by today's standards, you know that's uh, you know, I'm proud of that fact, and that's that's yes, a pretty strong be. feat. But as we were starting to come on on you know looking at the 50 year mark in our in our gun sight or barrel, you know, going into let's say five years back, you know what I was really looking at is, well, how did we get here? And, you know, 50 years of past is no guarantee for 50 years of future. And what do we need to do to stay relevant? You know, a lot of great companies have come and unfortunately have gone because they didn't figure out a way to stay relevant. So we started doing that internal, you know, uh, uh, self-evaluation. What do we need to do to stay relevant? What do we need to do to be top of mind? What do we do if we weren't afraid of, of changing some of the ways that we would do business? What would that look like? How would that feel? How would that be 
um, perceived by our by our customer base, and and that's been the journey. And there's no there's in as much as I could say there was a start to it. There's definitely not an end to it. Whatever mm-hmm. we've done yesterday is no guarantee for tomorrow. So every day we show up, and every day we say, what do we need to do today? What do we we need to do to stay relevant? How do we stay focused? How do we have fun? And how do we repeat it again tomorrow? How do we have fun, I imagine, has been somewhat challenged if your firm is like so many other firms that experience some stress relative to the Great Recession that we've recently gone through. I, I would think that fun element might have had a little pressure on it. Maybe I'm mistaken, Steve, but could you share a little bit about that with our audience? You know, you know Rick, that's a... Uh... I would say, um, personally, some of the proudest days, but also probably some of the darkest days, because you're absolutely right. You know, you have to look and you have to say, again, what do we need to do to stay relevant? And one of the things that, as we're always looking to do it, uh, at Mars Air Systems, is how do we blend people, the right people, with technology to help drive our initiatives? And through that, you realize that you have an oversurplus of people. You have a downturn in the, the economy. You have a drop in revenue. And unfortunately, with that, you have to course correct. And you have to let some people go. And those are the, the dark hours. Those are not the proud hours. But those are the times where, you know, if you, if you treat people with, with dignity and respect while you're bringing them on, while they're an employee and working for you, and, unpo- and unfortunately, when you reach that separation, you let them go with the same level of dignity and, and respect. That that sends a powerful message to those that are still with the company. So yes, we had to. Uh, we were we weren't any different than any other company. We had to course correct. We had to scale. We had to redefine. But that's unfortunately part of uh, the business evolution. Taking a couple steps back only makes us stronger to take a few steps going forward. And that, that's, that's, a, that's a, a, a daily occurrence. Today, though, those, those issues are behind us. We see, uh, we, get, we see some stable growth. You know, we're seeing what I would just call realistic growth. You don't see the type of growth that was probably happening 10 years ago, but we're, we are seeing a recovery in our sector, in our space, for what I would call stable real growth. And that's a common theme that we've heard here on tw- in 2013 on Critical Mass Radio Show, Steve. It's that... Um, people are cautiously optimistic, and the early returns are that each month is slightly better, and they're projecting continued growth, but it is moderate. And I echo your sentiments that I think slow and steady is exactly what we need in this economy because that's what builds confidence, and it's easier to plan for that type of growth uh, given what we just came through. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our first commercial break When we come back with Steve Russell, who is president and CEO of Mars Air Systems, as I said earlier in the show, we're going to explore exporting with him to countries like Mexico and Canada, to regions like Central and South America and the Middle East. So stay tuned for that part of our conversation here on Critical Mass Radio Show, and we'll be back after these words from our sponsors. 
Got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped. It took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With smart stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smart way to store. Smart stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart stop, the smarter way to store. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com Welcome back to this installment of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. And if you do need a little extra space and you're considering a storage facility, I would strongly encourage you to give Smart Stop Self Storage a call. Uh, and if you do, let them know that you heard them here, commercial here on Critical Mass Radio Show, heard live on octalkradio.net. All right, let's get back to our interview with Steve Russell. Before the break, we said we're going to talk a little bit about exporting. Can you share with our audience how exporting has helped your firm grow? Rick, love to. In fact, um, timing is everything, as they say, uh, meaning that I just came back from a personal trip, business trip to the Middle East. Um, I was gone about two and a half weeks, and I, I returned about uh, a week ago. What the, the international market landscape has, has done for us is, is, is a couple things. First off, the demand for our type of equipment um, is just as strong internationally as it is here in the United States. So by looking to say how would we and how could we play into those markets, uh, what it allowed us to do is it really allowed us to expand uh, um, uh, our, our market share, our, our, our growth. And Culturally, there's some different barriers that one has to uh, make sure that they understand. But, you know, at the end of the day, our products move through the, through the distribution channel um, internationally the same as they do here. Our, our products are specified by uh, architectural or engineering firms, food service consultant firms. They go through distribution. And um, the conduit to making all that happen is what's called an independent manufacturer's rep. And the first thing that we did is we put into place the sales side of it, which is the manufacturer's rep. We went through an onboarding with getting the right type of rep, and we used the same metrics to bringing an independent rep that sells our product on board as we would use as an employee that we would hire uh, mm -hmm. to perform a function within our facility. And then we go and we make sure that we understand that distribution side, and we work that channel, and we make... 
we make calls at the engineering level, the the owner and operator's level, and we present the value of what our products bring to the market, how they work, and uh, we interject that little bit of what I call the Mars Kool-Aid, which is why why Mars? Why do business with Mars? And you know, at the end of the day, it's not so much the product, but it's how one presents the product, uh, backs up the product, and most importantly, supports the product after it's been installed and delivered. And that's what international has done for us. Uh, it's just allowed us to expand our markets. One of the things that I hear here on the radio program from CEOs of companies that have expanded globally is that you're, by virtue of doing that, your company sort of moves on to a 24-hour-a-day clock because all the various time zones where your products are being used and sold into. Uh, did Mars experience that? And if so, how did you address that? Yes, you know, you're right, and I, but I think I would answer that, you know, Rick, no differently than the way, the way business is done throughout the world today. And what I mean by that is we have customers that want information on our product here in the States. They might go home. They might uh, have dinner, spend some time with their family, but then you know what? They get on, they get on the computer and they, they start doing some work. So you're dealing with someone around the clock, regardless of where they're located, and you're providing the information that they need when they need it. The first step that we were able to take to do that is we just made sure all that information is relevant and accessible through our website. So that's where I made a comment earlier on a question. It's not just the right people, but it's getting the right people equipped with the right level of technology. So we definitely have used the web and the tools that are available on the web to help one get educated and do proper model selection and actually, quite frankly, place orders. So that's how that's we kind of handle um, time zone changes. Yeah, that's true because the web is available 24-7 and um, more and more uh, even B2B through a channeled sales model such as yourself, companies are discovering the power of making the information available for those people who want to find it. What a what what a satisfying thing for a client or a prospect to be able to get their questions answered on their time frame from your website. Uh, you know, it sounds I would, like that was a w- smart investment, Steve. Well, I, I would you know just say from a personal experience, you know, how many times have you know you yourself maybe said, "I got to make that call by," and then you realize you're dealing in a time zone difference, and you're in the the core part of your day, and you call and you get a recorder. And, you know, and then you have nowhere to go. There's no additional outlet for information. So for us, we really steer people to the website, and we just keep putting content upon content upon content on that website. Excellent. Let's, let's change the focus of the conversation here on Critical Mass Radio Show, Steve, if, if we can. I'd like to ask you about a current challenge facing the firm. And, and I guess I'm equally as interested in what the challenge is as to the ideas and strategies that you and the management team have to address that challenge. Love the question because we're living it right now as we speak. And again, to us, it comes back to, Rick, staying relevant. And what does that mean? And it's not just what we think is relevant. We actually, Mars Air Systems actually hired a rebranding firm last year. And the focus of the rebranding firm was to help us really understand, not from our eyes, but from the industry's eyes, who we are, what we do, 
and what do we do well. And through those initiatives, it also then showed us areas where we can improve upon and take ourselves to the next level. And one of those initiatives that came out of that is we needed, no one has the passion for our product, the drive and the commitment to, to achieving our goals better than our own people. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to get a regional sales management that could be deployed in the field, that can work on a day-to-day basis with our reps and our customers to drive more of the relevancy of our, of our, of our products. And so right now, that's what we're in the throes of. We've we set a budget for this year to bring a couple of people on board. We have successfully filled one of the slots. We're still um, looking to fill the other. And that's been a challenge. The challenge is not just getting a person to fill a slot, but it's getting that right person that's driven the way that we are, that has that same type of DNA, and culturally fits into who we are and what we do. That's really the key, especially when they're a customer-facing resource, you know, an employee who's talking about your brand in the marketplace. It's critical to have somebody who gets the culture. You know, it's everything. The culture is everything. Two more quick questions, Steve, and then we'll let you go about your rest of your busy business day. The Talk about the future with us. We talked a bit about how exporting is helping the current the current growth, but talk to us about the future. You know, we'll have you back on the program at some point in the future. I'd like to know what what your vision for Mars Air Systems is a few years out. A few years out, uh, you know, it's something you always you think about as a as a as a, as a CEO of a company. Um, what do I want us to do? What do I need to do, Rick? I use that. I'll come back to it to stay relevant. I had a conversation with our branding company, and the gentleman from the branding company, he asked me, he says, you know, Steve, how would you define success um, of this initiative that we're doing right now in, in helping you with your rebranding? And, uh, you know, I, I said to him, I was looking across the table, I said, you know, I think the way I would define success is who's ever sitting in my seat 50 years from now, talking to who, who's ever sitting in your seat, mm-hmm. would go something, the conversation would go something like this. We're, we're, we're glad that the management of Mars 50 years ago had the, the forward thinking to, to put into place the people, the systems, and the products to keep them relevant for another 50 years. And that's how I would define success. So how, how does that look to us it's just a continual do not take for granted. We're not entitled to anything. We have to earn our business every day. And the only way that we're going to know which products we need to bring, the level of service we need to bring, and how we need to deliver them is by getting close to our customer. And that's, that's, that's our goal. That was really a great moment, too. Thank you for sharing that. I look for teachable moments here on the radio program. You gave us several. The most recent one was taking a 50-year time horizon when you were talking with your branding firm. So uh, a lesson to others listening to us either live or as a podcast here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Final question, Steve Russell, President and CEO of Mars Air Systems. If someone would like to learn more about your firm, what's your website? Rick, that's the easiest one, and I love it. It's www.marsair.com. And Mars is spelled? M-A-R-S-A-I-R. I want to thank you for the time that you've given us here today, sharing your uh, different insights, 
I know that you're a busy man traveling the world. I thank you for being a friend of the program, part of the critical mass business community, continued success. Rick, I love it. I thank you, and passion is everything. Have a good day. Likewise, thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was our first guest today here, ladies and gentlemen, on Critical Mass Radio Show, Steve Russell, President and CEO of Mars Air Systems. As you know, uh, we do more than one radio program a week here on octalkradio.net. On Thursdays is our nationally syndicated radio program. Our nationally syndicated radio program, I host it, and I work with producers in various markets across the country, and we're talking to mid-market CEOs and business owners, again, to get them to share their experiences so that we can share with you and you can benefit from what they know. So if you're interested in listening to that show, it streams, airs live here on octalkradio.net. And instead of being 4 o'clock in the afternoon, if you want to listen to us live, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But also, all of our shows are available, as I keep saying, on the radio program here today as a podcast. And you can find them by going to our website and going into the new media section, and you'll find the podcast under the radio show archives. It's a little tricky. You have to go three levels down. I apologize for that. We're working with our IT team to bring it to uh, closer to the surface of the website so that you can find it. But it is there for those that are interested. Um, as I said... We have about 8,000 in a neighborhood between 7,500 and 8,300 downloads every month of various radio programs that have aired in that past month. So join the community and learn from your peers. All right, we're going to take our second commercial timeout, and then when we come back to the radio program, we'll have our next guest ready to go, and we'll be doing that interview. Please spend a few minutes here with our commercial sponsors, and then we'll be back to the radio program. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. 
Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Program. I am your host, Rick Franzi. It's time for our second guest. I've invited Jason Lukash to join the show after being named Entrepreneur Magazine's Entrepreneur of the Year. I've asked Jason also to discuss how he managed to grow a company into a multi-million dollar internationally known company and just get this, ladies and gentlemen, three years. So as I said in our earlier interview with Steve Russell, we're always looking for teachable moments and learning opportunities for our guests, and hopefully Jason will be able to provide us with some. Jason, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you when you responded. Tell us a little bit about your firm and your background. So our company is called Oreg Audio, uh, O-R-I-G Audio, Oreg Audio, and we're based here in Orange County, California, and uh, we make portable audio products, basically speakers and headphones that are all cool, unique, and different. They're not your normal speakers. We like to do things a little differently, and uh, all our stuff has done uh, very well for being only in business for three years, like you mentioned. Um, so yeah, in my background, uh, I'm a marketing guy by trade. I uh Got a lot of early experience working for Jansport, the backpack company, running their corporate marketing out of uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. So, so what is it about the audio speaker market? What brought you as an entrepreneur into that space? For my old job at Jansport, I was always traveling around the world, uh, running events all over the world for them, and I was, you know, carrying around these big bulky speakers with me in my suitcase, and I loved listening to music on the road, and you know, these speakers that I had, they sucked. You had to plug them in the wall or put in, like, D-cell batteries. And I looked at them, like, there's got to be a better way to listen to music on the go. So our first product we came up with were uh, speakers that came flat, didn't take up any room on your suitcase. And then when you wanted to listen to music, you could pop them up into two, three-inch cubes. And uh, they didn't run on any battery power that were powered off your device. So we kind of solved two problems, my business partner, Mike, and I, and uh, we hit a home run, uh, you know, after launching in August 2009. When did you know the idea had legs? I, I love it. I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm not going to let you answer just yet. Because I really enjoy having entrepreneurs who have taken a personal need or a passion and have created a scalable business. And that certainly sounds like your example from a need, recognizing an opportunity. But when did you know that that was a more universal opportunity to grow the business to the size that you were able to grow to? So we looked at the market, and there was portable speakers on the market, but there weren't any really eco-friendly speakers. So we kind of saw a two-for-one opportunity by making cool, unique portable speakers, but they were also eco-friendly. So we launched them in August 2009. You know, we bootstrapped it, took some of our savings, and launched the company. And luckily, three months after we launched the company, the product was named Time Magazine's 50 Best Inventions of the Year. And it caused our business instantly to blow up, and Mike and I both left our full-time jobs to pursue this uh, full-time so it was a. Uh, luckily, we had success off the bat, but also we, we had a cool product and found our niche. I think you know we filled a gap in the market. That had to be a tremendous. When, 
I mean, the effect of time, any national, international publication like that, focusing on your brand, but in such a, in such a public and positive way, how long after that Time magazine came out did you see the effects of it on your sales? Oh, same day. I mean, we were selling, prior to Time magazine, we were selling like 10 speakers a day, 15 speakers a day uh, via our website. And then once Time magazine hit, we uh, were selling over 1,000 speakers a day on our website. So immediately, you know, Oregadio just kind of blew up in her face, but it blew up in the right way. Last question on the company. Tell me the genesis of the name Oregadio. So our first speakers, uh, they fold up like origami. So we used to be known as Oregadio, the origami of audio. Uh, but now we have stuff that doesn't fold. So we dropped the, ta- the tagline, but Oregadio, the origami of audio is how we started. I like to ask the leaders, that entrepreneurs that join us here on the program, a kind of personal business question, and that is, of all the things that you you kind of learned, what is your guiding principle? In other words, your overarching belief system that you're using to, with your partner to lead and grow Origadio. Uh Our whole motto, well, first, my personal motto that I learned from Skip Yell, the founder of Transport, is don't take yourself seriously, but take your business very seriously. And that's something... I live and breathe every day. Uh, you know, we like to have fun, and we've got cool products and a cool company culture. So that's my personal motto. But our business motto is try not to be like everyone else, but rather be different. Being different is a good thing. So we can make normal speakers. You know, we can make desktop speakers or speakers for your house if we really, really wanted to. But why do that when you can make eco-friendly speakers or, you know, speakers that people can upload their pictures on and we print them on custom speakers or speakers that you can attach to any surface and whatever they attach to it, they turn the whole object into a speaker. All things are different and unique, and that's our niche. We like being different. Being different is a good thing, and if you're not being different, then you're just going to fall into you know the same pattern that everyone else is. Is being differ- different more difficult as the business scales, or is are you finding it easier as the business scales? I think both. I think it's easy to be different because you look at everyone else and you just do things exactly the opposite but as you get bigger and bigger and bigger and stores keep buying more and more of your product it's harder to be different so i think it's kind of a double-edged sword it's it's easy to come up with new ideas but it's hard you know as we get bigger and we have higher demands for our product and special features it's it's hard to keep staying different i guess i don't know if i answer that the best but i think it's good and bad yeah, and I, I, that's kind of why I asked the question because I didn't, I didn't think there was a black and white answer to it because, as you know, most entrepreneurs and CEOs know, you know, everything's kind of a shade of gray, unfortunately, and it's up to you to figure that out. But it would seem to me as well that being larger gives you much more access to new and creative ideas. But the challenge for you and your partner is to figure out which are the right ones that not only have the business opportunity but fit the culture and are different in a way that you want to be different and not just different. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. Let's go back to your growth. And can you share with our audience how you managed to grow the company into a multi-million dollar internationally known company? I mean, I understand what time did. I'm not sure the half-life on that type of publicity, but certainly that's a, that's a, that takes you up a step function. But to, to maintain that growth rate and to continue it over the three years, what has been the keys or ideas or what could you share with our audience that they can learn from as well that you've learned in scaling the company the way you and your partner have done? 
So when we first built the company, we never, when we had one product, our fold-and-play recycled speakers, we never went straight to, like, Best Buy or Target or whoever and asked them, you know, them to skew up our product. We knew that they wouldn't skew up a brand that only had one product. So we kind of took an outside-the-box approach to retail, you know. We started with small mom-and-pop stores, and then we got some more traction. We moved into, you know, some bigger mid-tier retailers like Crate and Barrel and American Eagle. And now we're in, like, mass retailers like Bed Bath & Beyond. And now that we've got 10 products, now for the first time we're approaching the Best Buys and the Targets and the Walmarts of the world now that we've got multiple products used. And I think that's been great and beneficial to us because it's allowed us to get more traction and have a proven sales cycle where we can now approach these bigger retailers and look and say, hey, look how good we're doing in the Bed Bath & Beyond. If you put us in Target, imagine how much better we could do in your store. So I think that was one of the best things that helped us. And also... Going on the show Shark Tank, so we were on season two of Shark Tank, that really helped elevate and get the brand's name out there from the very beginning. And in terms of advertising and marketing, we've never spent any paid advertising or marketing on uh, any, like, traditional methods whatsoever. Everything we've done is organic or press or grassroots marketing. That has all come out free of charge, and I think that's, that's really helped us save money and help our uh, bottom line also. Some guests that have been on the program who have scaled their distribution channels found a little bit of friction in adding the newer, larger box stores and channels to their existing, maybe sometimes they were boutique or they were smaller retail outlets. Did your firm encounter any of that type of friction? And if so, how did you address it? Um, so it's it's hard getting into retail. I think um, when we were first selling product and taking them into stores, there's a lot of pushback. Um, not just based on competitors and other speakers on the market, but just in general, it's hard to get your product into retail stores. So there's a lot of push and shove when it comes to getting product into stores and working with buyers. But with all the hard work and perseverance, you know, it pays off. Also, one thing that we took into retail was we offered retailers a no-minimum situation. We we didn't say and go into a retailer and say, you have to buy 72 pizzas. We'd go into retail and be like, you can buy three. And if it sells, we'll ship you more because we wanted them to test the product for themselves because the product speaks for itself. So that uh, has really helped us. And a lot of retailers appreciate that we're not putting huge burdens on them, especially retail is a tough space right now. And a lot of retailers are, you know, sinking rather than swimming. So by offering a no minimum, like risk-free guarantee, stores really, really like that. Kind of helped us be successful in the retail sector. Excellent. Thank you. We're going to take our third and final commercial time out here on Critical Mass Radio Show. When we come back with Jason Lukash, who is co-founder of Oric Audio, I'm going to ask you a kind of a personal question. I hope you take it the right way. I'd like the audience to learn from your example as well, but you've achieved a lot of success at a relatively young age. And so we're going to, I'm going to ask you to kind of share that kind of experience with our audience as also how you've been able to maintain and manage that success. So Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for Jason's answer to that question and a few more that we have for him lined up on our radio program, Critical Mass Radio Show, right after these words from our commercial sponsors. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. 
We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank Relationship Officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Welcome back to this installment of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. As I said before the break, Jason Lukash is our guest. He's the co-founder of Oreg Audio. And before the break, I said I was going to ask you to share a little bit about how you've been able to manage to stay grounded and what you think the future has in store for you, Jason, with the growth and success that you've had. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm not like rich and famous, you know, yeah, I was on Shark Tank, yeah, I was on Burden or Magazine's Entrepreneur of the Year, but I'm a very simple person, you know, I I don't pay myself a large salary, we reinvest all of our profits back into the company, we pay ourselves just what we need to, you know, survive in Orange County, it's, it's more important for us to keep the money in the company because the more and more we invest now, the more and more it's going to pay off in the long run, so for us, it's, that's what's the most important thing, I think, is you know, we believe in the bigger picture here, and we believe in growing this thing up to where we want it to be. So we're uh, we're very simple people, you know. We just have our dogs and our wives and our girlfriends, and we just like living life, but we believe in the bigger picture in the long run. I was taking notes of the things that you have, and I my pencil point broke when I heard you say dogs, wives, and girlfriends. Oh, no. Wife and a dog for me, but Mike has a girlfriend and a dog. So. Okay, I was, I was gonna say, sounds like success might have gotten to your head there just a little bit if you had all those things. In the that is very healthy outlook, and thank you for again providing some perspective for our audience because any one of those three could be a catalyst for changing your outlook. But all three of those together, Entrepreneur Magazine, Shark Tank, and Time Magazine. That did you ever imagine you and your partner when you sat and you? put your first speaker system together that this was a possibility for no, you guys to have this type of recognition? No, it's weird. It's like super it's super weird because neither one of us is an engineer also. We're both marketing guys. So one, it's weird that I own a speaker company. Two, it's even weirder that I'm selling speakers by the hundreds of thousands of pieces. And three, it's like even weirder that I was on the show Shark Tank and Time magazine Entrepreneur Magazine all before the age of 30, so I don't know. I pinch my cheek every day, and my cheeks are quite red, I guess. Continued success and good karma as you move forward. Let me ask you about a time in your 
in your career where you learned a valuable business lesson, but it came out of an experience that was difficult trying. Sometimes people think of it as painful. Do you have an experience like that that you can draw on and share with our audience? Yeah, for sure. So we have 10 products now, and, uh, you know, everyone thinks that we've had a lot of success. We had a product called the uh, the Sphere, and uh, it's it was our stinker. The product flopped big time, and, you know, we thought it was going to do really well, just like everything else we built, and we thought it was going to, you know, sell by the masses, but we ordered, you know, 5000 to start with from our factory, and we still have some of those 5000 left, and it's been two years now. So not every product you make is going to be a home run, but I think, you know, we learned a lot from making this product this year and how it failed, and it really helped us develop better products for the future. So I think failing is a good thing. If you don't fail, that means you're not doing everything right because you learn from failure. So don't be scared about failing. If you fail, just be cool. Get up and try it again. I think until you fail, you maybe aren't making the best decisions because I think failing at something helps you to factor that in the next time you make a decision. And so I think some early failures are helpful for business owners and entrepreneurs as they're scaling their company. Plus, it keeps them from believing that everything they think of is the greatest idea. Uh, eventually, everyone's going to stub their toe on something. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's it's very good to stub your toe. You know, a lot of people always worry, too. It's like, oh, are people going to copy me? Like, I'm worried about people copying my product. If someone's copying your product, that means you're doing something good. People don't copy bad products, right? People only copy products that do really, really well. So I think uh, don't worry about if someone's copying you. You know, if someone's copying you, you're doing something right. So can you talk for a minute about Rocket, your product Rocket? I'm curious to understand that better. Yeah, so Rocket's been our most successful product. It's really cool. So it's a device you plug into your iPod or your laptop or iPhone or whatever, and it's got a part that's stickies and whatever this product or whatever this part sticks to it turns the whole object into a speaker so how it works is it sends out vibration sequences and you can stick it to a cup or a lampshade or a cardboard box or a window and whatever that attaches to that object becomes the speaker it's really cool the best way to understand is to go to origadio.com and you can watch the video but the rocket is uh, one of our most popular products and people love it it's just got the cool factor and the wow factor to turn anything into a speaker. People love it. And it fits in your pocket, though. So it, it stays to your original principles of being able to be taken on trips, not taking up much space, and to be highly functional when you get there and you need it. Correct, yeah. It's uh, portability is the theme of our business. Everything that we make fits in the palm of your hand, and uh, that's something that's super, super important to us, too. And uh, it's cool. I mean, you could have the bigger the object, the better the sound. So, so let's talk over it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's my fault. I was going to ask you to talk about the future and growth. What do you, where do you see the future, given your run so far? What does the future hold for Origadio? So we're coming out with three or four products a year, and we're all we're staying in our portability and portable space um, because that's the theme of our business. So we've got some stuff coming out in the near future that I think are is going to have a little higher price point, but it's really going to set things apart from everything else in the Speaker spectrum. We've got something coming out called like 3D audio, so we're creating the world's first ever portable 3D sound system that people will be able to take on the road with them and produce like a true 3D listening experience. We showed it off last week at CBIT in Germany, which is the biggest electronic show in Europe. But that's like uh, where we're really are investing a lot of our time and future efforts is you know, changing the way people truly listen to music and creating a better listening experience, but making it portable for people also. 
And the 3D audio, we've had other entrepreneurs on the program within the past six months who are in that space, either from a hardware perspective or a software and technology perspective. It seems to me to be a place where there's a lot of interest from the consumer, but also investment from different companies in different spaces trying to change that listening experience almost at a faster rate than what I I think I know about people that are trying to change the visual experience with high-def TVs and 3D TVs, etc., yeah, I completely agree. I think a lot of people are trying to create bigger and better experiences for people, not in terms of visual and audio, but trying to make it small and portable, too. So, you know, a lot of people are investing time into 3D video, and we're investing time into 3D audio. So, You mentioned your website a little earlier, but that's always my closing question with my guests, and so I'd ask you if you wouldn't mind to, if people want to find you, either through your social media links or your website directly, how do they find you, Jason? So they can find us online at origaudio.com, and that's O-R-I-G, audio, org, like a ridge, audio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash origaudio, Twitter at origaudio, and Instagram at origaudio, too. So. I can imagine maybe the Instagram, pe- you know, people using Instagram or featuring your products, maybe? I mean, is there some application? Oh, of course, yeah. We've got some really cool pictures on our Instagram, not just of our products, but also all the crazy happenings of our office here in Orange County, too. So, Well, nothing but continued success. Thank you for being a guest. Welcome to our Critical Mass community. I've enjoyed learning through what you've accomplished, and it's great to see an Orange County company uh, with so much national, international recognition and success. So uh, thank your partner for me as well, Jason, but I appreciate you being a guest here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Thank you so much for having me. Goodbye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there were two great guests that hopefully you picked up something from. If you're listening to us as a podcast and you've had a chance to hear the entire show, uh, I hope you thought it was time well spent. If you're listening to us as a podcast and you were only choosing to listen to either Jason or to Steve, I would suggest you fast forward or, or go back and listen to the entire show because there were teachable moments, learning opportunities given to us by both guests. Um, this show wouldn't be possible without the efforts of a number of people, starting with our engineer today, Paul Roberts. Yes, in the studio here. Our producer is Rachel Franzi. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. And our marketing manager is Kelly Faltis. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. And until the next time we have a chance to get together, here's hoping that all of your decisions will move your business in a positive direction. You've been... You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show only on octalkradio.net.